The following is a Westminster Seminary, California morning devotion given by a guest speaker. The statements, views, and opinions presented in this message are those of the speaker and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Westminster Seminary, California. For more information about Westminster Seminary, California, visit us online at wscal.edu or call 888-480-8474. That's online, wscal.edu, or call 888-480-8474. 8474. We're pleased uh, to welcome this morning uh, Dr. Murray Kappel, who is uh, from the Reformed Theological College located in uh, Melbourne, Australia. Uh, Dr. Kappel uh, was from New Zealand, where he pastored a church in Auckland for 10 years, and then he came to Australia in uh, 2001 to teach at the college. And uh, he is also the author of um, Preaching with Spiritual Vigor, as well as The Heart uh, is the Target. He's married to his wife, uh, Wendy, and has five children and one grandchild, which makes me think I am way behind in the curve because I don't have any grandchildren yet. But nevertheless, uh, let's welcome Dr. Kappel to chapel this morning. Dr. Kappel. Thank you so much for your welcome. It's uh, a real joy for me to be back at Westminster in California. I um, studied here in the D-Min program a few years ago with uh, Dr. Johnson and others and loved it. And so it's great to be back many years later. I'd love to uh, open the scriptures with you at Isaiah 52. And I'll read verses 3 to 7 and speak on verse 7. Isaiah 52 from verse 3. For thus says the Lord, you were sold for nothing, and you shall be redeemed without money. For thus says the Lord God, my people went down at first into Egypt to sojourn there, and the Assyrian oppressed them for nothing. Now therefore, what have I here, declares the Lord, seeing that my people are taken away for nothing. Their rulers wail, declares the Lord, and continually all the day my name is despised. Therefore my people shall know my name. Therefore in that day they shall know that it is I who speak. Here I am. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news, who publishes peace, who brings good news of happiness, who publishes salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns. Amen. Let's pray before we think about this verse. Our gracious and loving God, we thank you so much that you are a God who speaks. And we pray that you would speak to us now through your word. And that you would give us hearts and minds to hear and understand what you are saying to us. Speak through me and to us by the power of your word and your spirit. For Jesus' sake. Amen. Well, I wonder when you might say, beautiful, that is absolutely beautiful. Uh, Maybe you say it of a a sunset or a landscape. Uh, Maybe you say it of of sport. You know, sometimes there are moments in sport that are just beautiful. I love watching uh, Roger Federer play tennis and, you know, it's one of the drives down the line. It's like, oh, beautiful. Uh, Maybe it's people. Um, God has has made some people just 
beautiful and they are lovely to look at. In fact, perhaps that's, perhaps that's when you say beautiful. It's when you get up in the morning and you look in the mirror. <laughs> and uh, that is absolutely beautiful. But uh, looking around, I suspect that that's not... Um... <laughs> oh, no, I shouldn't go there. <laughs> I wonder... I wonder whether you would ever use that word of your church. Would you say, we have a beautiful church? When would you use that of a ministry? Or of a sermon or of a preaching ministry as a whole? We have a beautiful preaching ministry. We have a beautiful youth ministry. Do you use the word beautiful to describe gospel work? 2,000 years ago, Isaiah, uh, well, 2,700 years ago, Isaiah used the word beautiful to describe feet. And he wasn't thinking of the beauty of um, soft soles and manicured nails. He was using, of course, a, a figure of speech to speak of the beauty of someone who, with their feet, brings good news. And I think this figure of speech helps us understand what beautiful ministry is today as well. There are three things I want to say about that, and they kind of build on each other. And the first thing is, is this. A beautiful ministry declares beautiful news. A beautiful ministry declares beautiful news. In Isaiah's time, there was no daily newspaper or TV or internet to check out what was happening. If Israel wanted to hear news of how her armies were doing on the battlefield, they would have to wait for a herald to come. Someone who would come and publicly proclaim the daily news. And you can imagine that if the herald arrived and he had good news, and he says, we're winning and there've been no casualties and this is victory for Israel. You can imagine, they would love that guy. They, you know, just about hug him. Ah, thank you. Well, he, he didn't win the battle, but he brought good news. How beautiful are the feet of those, Isaiah says, who bring good news. But now the good news that Isaiah is speaking of is a messenger who appears with the message that God is going to return his people from exile. For 70 years they have been exiled, cast out of the promised land away from Jerusalem. And now the declaration is that the Lord will bring them back. And it was the best news they'd heard in 70 years. It was news that made them smile and laugh and hug and sing for joy and write a psalm like a Psalm 126, if you remember that one. But when it actually happened, they were restored, but not fully. They came back, but Jerusalem wasn't what it used to be. So when would full restoration come? Well, here's a very uh, deep insight, friends. Isaiah 52 is followed by Isaiah 53. <laughs> That's pretty profound, isn't it? <laughs> and it, actually it is, if you know Isaiah 53, and you do. For in Isaiah 53, we have the wonderful prophecy of the servant of the Lord who will come and stand in the place of his people. And by his wounds, they will be healed. 
and their transgressions will be laid on him. And he will be led like a lamb to the slaughter in their place. Only then, only when their iniquities and transgressions were placed on Jesus, the servant of the Lord, only when he bore the punishment for them, would they really be restored and really be set free. That ultimately is the good news that Isaiah is speaking of. And that is why the Apostle Paul takes up this very verse and quotes it in Romans chapter 10. Leading up to that, in Romans 10 verse 13, he says, quoting Joel, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how can they call if they don't believe? You've got to believe in Jesus to call on his name. How will they believe if they haven't heard the voice of Jesus? How can they call, how how can they believe if they haven't heard? And then Paul keeps mounting the argument, well, how, how can they hear Christ calling them without a preacher? It's in the preaching of God's word that people hear the voice of Christ, believe on him, call on him and are saved. And so then Paul says, well, how can they preach unless they are sent? How beautiful are the feet of those who declare good news. And that brings it right up to us today. A beautiful ministry is one that declares the good news of what Jesus Christ has done for us. A beautiful ministry camps there in the finished work of Jesus. It majors on his grace and his love and his mercy and the forgiveness that we have in him. It declares that we are saved by faith in Christ alone. That is what makes for a beautiful ministry. But now I want to build on that. We've, we've said so far, a beautiful ministry declares that beautiful news that all is done in Jesus Christ. But I want to say next that a beautiful ministry constantly majors on that beautiful news. It constantly majors on that beautiful news. And I say that, and I want to emphasize that, because I think it's possible to have a ministry that certainly believes the gospel and certainly preaches the gospel, but the gospel is not the main accent of the ministry. It's possible that actually our main focus is somewhere else. Let me suggest some possibilities. Sometimes the main focus is actually on people's sin. Now, a gospel ministry has to expose sin, and the gospel convicts us of sin, but it does so in order to drive us to Jesus Christ. But sometimes you get the feeling that a preaching ministry is fantastic if it makes you feel guilty. The the main thing is to smack you up and make you feel bad, and the worse you feel, the better the preaching is. I think we need to remember what one of the Puritans said. He said, for every look we take at ourselves, we must take ten looks at Christ. And that's what a beautiful ministry does. It certainly convicts us, but only in order to drive us to the Saviour. Sometimes the focus is somewhere else. Sometimes the focus is on what we must be doing. It produces what I call more sermons. Give more. Love more, serve more, pray more, read your Bible more, go to church more, evangelize more. The main message, the main accent of this gospel ministry is we should be doing more. And basically, who can argue with that? <laughs> you know, that's going to 
That's going to convict me every time. I should, I should be praying more. I should be witnessing more. But the essence of the gospel is not us doing more. The essence is that Christ has done all for us. And it's as we more deeply appreciate Jesus and all that he's done for us, we want to pray more. We, we want to witness more. We want to go to church more because we're driven by the beautiful work of Jesus Christ. There's another possibility, I think, and that is sometimes the major focus is not, not sin or not doing more. Sometimes the major focus is actually just on the person up front. We live in the age of the celebrity pastor. And a beautiful ministry is one that has cool, hip, young, dynamic, charismatic, amazing people up front. But I love the words I've seen in more than one pulpit, quoted from John 12, verse 21, written, etched in the pulpit. Sir, we want to see Jesus. And I think everyone who stands in front of a congregation and ministers the word needs to remember that. Your people need to see Jesus, not you. Sometimes, again, I think the major focus of a ministry can actually be on, on presenting everything well. It's on technology. It's on putting on a good show. But the reality is the world can put on a much better show than almost any church. If, if it's about putting on a good show, we're going to lose that's not what makes a ministry beautiful. No, a beautiful ministry holds Jesus in front of people again and again. Holds him in front of them in such a way that they become smaller and he becomes bigger. Holds Jesus in front of them in such a way that they actually leave saying, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And the wonderful thing about a ministry like that is that it works on any budget, in any culture, with the looks of any preacher. Hallelujah. Uh, recently I was in India and had opportunity to do some training with a group of church planters there. We're working with about 60 church planters in some of the western states of India these men are laboring in situations of incredible poverty. They are um, in rural Indian villages. Uh, most of their congregations are illiterate. They themselves have no formal Bible training. They, they eat up the training that we take to them at an annual seminar. But despite the poverty, despite the persecution from Hindus, when people are saved, D despite the terrible lack of resourcing and the lack of training, these 60 church planters are seeing over a thousand souls won to Jesus every year. And I say, that's beautiful. That's absolutely beautiful. But let me say one more thing, though. This beautiful message that we must major on is a message that we must commend to other people in the most winsome ways. 
we must commend this message in the most winsome ways. And I say that because whilst we have come to love this message, this gospel message is a beautiful thing, many people do not find it to be a beautiful message at all. To most non-Christians, this is not a beautiful message. Let me um, put it like this. Imagine that you're at a party and it's one of those parties where you're just mixing and mingling and chatting with people and meeting new people and you strike up a conversation with this gentleman. He's nicely dressed. He's clearly intelligent and you're chatting away and uh, it turns out he's a plastic surgeon and you kind of find that intriguing and you haven't talked with a plastic surgeon before and uh, you're having this nice conversation and after a while he, he just stops and he looks at you. He pauses and he says, you know, I could fix that problem with your face. No, 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 honestly, I I could. Like, I've done many jobs like that. And um, I'd actually like to do that for you free of charge, pro bono. (laughs) Now, if you have never thought of yourself having a problem with your face requiring plastic surgery, his incredibly perceptive and very generous offer is totally offensive. Yes? And that is actually what the gospel is like to non-Christians. The gospel comes along, this beautiful news comes along to a non-Christian and says, your sins can be forgiven. And they have never thought of themselves as a sinner. Look, I'm not perfect, but yeah, a pretty good life. The gospel declares to them, you can be reconciled to God. Well, they never thought of themselves as alienated from God, if, if there is a God. The gospel says to them, Christ can do it all for you. And they were thinking, well, I thought I was doing a pretty good job of doing it all for myself. Thank you very much. The gospel that we declare as beautiful news is not beautiful to many people. And so what do we do? How, how can we make this message beautiful to other people? And the fact is, we cannot change the message. We cannot take away the offense of the gospel. But what we must do is take away every other offense and ourselves seek to present the gospel in such a way that they see how beautiful it really is. And I think we do that by living the gospel. It's it's as if people now need to see in us the difference that the gospel's made. They need to see that the surgery has worked on us and they might actually want it for themselves. It's as they see our love and our graciousness and our gentleness and, and the way we care for other people and our humility and our reality and our authenticity and as they see what it's doing in our family and And what it's doing in our relationships and how it's changed us at work, it's as they see the difference the gospel has made, they just might want surgery as well. And so I want to leave you with those thoughts this morning. Many of you preparing to be ministers of the word, many of you engaged already in ministry, what will make it beautiful? It'll be a beautiful ministry when it declares beautiful news, when it majors on that beautiful news, and when you and the people around you seek to live the gospel in such a way that that beautiful news is commended to other people as well. May God grant each of us beautiful ministries 
that show forth the beauty of Jesus. Can I pray with you? Our Father, we thank you so much for sending us your Son and in him giving us the most beautiful message this world has ever heard. We thank you for the beauty of Jesus. We thank you for the beauty of the gospel message. And we pray that we might be men and women who show the beauty of Christ to others, that we might declare that message, that we might camp there in that message, and that by your grace we would live that message and people might see in our lives a great gospel commendation. So, Father, I pray that for the, the men and women studying here at Westminster. Grant that as they grow in their knowledge of you and your word and the gospel, they may be prepared for beautiful ministries. We ask this for Jesus' sake. Amen. Copyright 2017, Westminster Seminary, California. All rights reserved. You are permitted to reproduce and distribute this material in any format, provided that you do not alter the wording in any way and that you do not charge a fee beyond the cost of reproduction. For web posting, a link to this document on our website is preferred.